Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Riding at night through the streets deemed dangerous in East Side Los Angeles, the ovarian psychos use their bicycles to confront the violence in their lives. At the helm of the crew is the founder, Chela de la, de la X, a single mother and a poet MC dedicated to recruiting an unapologetic misfit crew of women of color. The film intimately chronicles Chela's as she struggles to strike a balance between her activism and her nine-year-old daughter, Yoli. Street artist Andy, who is estranged from her family, journeys to become leader within the crew, and the bright-eyed recruit, Evie, who despite poverty and the concerns of a protective Salvadorian mother, discover a newfound confidence. That is the story behind this wonderful documentary that uh, Ovarian Psychos, and we're fortunate enough to be joined today by the co-directors of Ovarian Psychos, and that would be Joanna Sokolowski as well as Kate Trumbull-Laval. Welcome to Film School. Hi. Hi, Kate. Hi, Hi. Joanna. <laughs> Welcome to Film School. Hi. Well, thank you so much for being here. I want to start out by letting our audience know that uh, uh, Ovarian Psychos will be screening at Outfest uh, tomorrow, July 9th at the 2.30 at Red Cat, and that's in Los Angeles. Uh, you can find out more by going, I think, to either Outfest or, um, yeah, you can go there. But we'll, we'll be posting this on the website as well, as well as next Saturday, the July 9th, 16th, uh, also at Red Cat. And that's also, uh, that's a 1 p.m. screening. So I want to get that out of the way so people can can be ready to go see this. Uh, and also, there's it looks like there's a post-screening party uh, for uh, tomorrow, July 9th. Um, is that right, uh, Joy? Yes. Okay. So there you go. And you're going to be there, uh, both of you, uh, Kate and Joanna, will be there, and it sounds like you're going to have some members of the uh, Ovarian Psychos as well with you. Yes, we are. We, I think it's exciting because this is the the first time that the film will be screening in Los Angeles. We premiered at South by Southwest with three of the central characters, Chella, uh, Andy, and Evie. And, um, and we also play, we've played in New York and San Francisco with the Ovas, but it's the first time the film will be in Los Angeles. And so we're going to have a full house of, you know, past, present, and current ovarian psychos along with um, the women in the film. Fantastic. Well, Kate, I'll start with you. Uh, tell us uh, about how you came to know about the ovarian psychos. Well, I found out about their work through another documentary film that I was working on. I was, um, I sort of cut my teeth um, on a film as an, as an associate producer and assistant editor, a film directed by Renee Tajima Pena, who's also an L.A. filmmaker. Um, and it was called No Mas Bebes. It was a film uh, that was on PBS um, Independent Lens last year, and it was about the coercive sterilization of Mexican origin women oh, yeah. in Los Angeles in the 1960s and 70s at L.A. County General Hospital. So in, on working with that film and, and the producer, Virginia Spino, um, Virginia mentioned you know, potential outreach partners for the film and said, oh, we should really contact ovarian psychos. 
which was the first time I had heard of the group. And I think my mouth just dropped open <laughs> from the name alone. I mean, it's such a powerful uh, name for a collective of young women. And she knew a little bit about it and kind of debriefed me. You know, they ride their bikes, they have lunar rides, but I really just wanted to know more. And Joanna and I had gone to graduate school together and had really at that point been work, looking for a film to work on. It would, would have been our first feature film, and we wanted to partner up to work on it together. So we, like, just got bright-eyed and kind of scoured the Internet and looked for everything that we could find and contacted the group. And I think I went on, on a ride, and at, we met with them, and Joanna was living in San Francisco at the time and Skyped in. And, hmm. you know, we were just really – um, intrigued and excited by their irreverent uh, use of language, by their kind of the way that they use aesthetics, that they have fallopian tubes on their masks, they mm -hmm. ride at night, they're exclusively um, organized by women of color, and their rides are for women and women identified and gender nonconforming folks. So we were just really excited about this, not quite sure how, if it would make a film, but really excited about it. So that's how we found out about, about the group. Well, well, Joanna, then let me ask you, uh, the, mm -hmm. in the approach to them, when you were, when you were mm -hmm. posing the question to them about filming them, getting to know them, um, any impressions of their, sort of what were they thinking or what, what did they have in mind or how was the reaction to your approaching them about doing a film? Sure. Uh, like Kate mentioned, the group is primarily women of color. And when we first approached them, they said no. Um, they were really interested and very strategic. And they're thinking about the idea of having a documentary made about their organization, since most of their work focuses on activism. But they were also, I think, really nervous and trepidatious about working with us as outsiders. Um, Kate is Latina, but she presents as white, and I also am white. And, um, you know, that was part of the conversation from the get-go and something we were really open about. And when we first started filming with them, we were really just filming them on rides. It was much less intimate. It was much less of the footage that you see in the film that really follows three women. Mm -hmm. And it's much more a story about sisterhood. But in the beginning, um, we didn't really know what we were going to be filming exactly. And we were still just kind of approaching them as fans and working on building kind of relationships and that open dialogue around the complexities of documentary. Yeah, and there is a lot here, and I want to let people know that it is about this group of women, and they are riding their bikes and sort of reclaiming the streets and, and finding a voice, uh, and that's an important part of this. But there's also the, the issues uh, that women of color and women around the world face in regards to violence, domestic violence, uh, just violence is sort of this, uh, this, this is, is uh, 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 something that just uh, sort of permeates a lot of what this film is about, at least the reaction and reclaiming of their, of their, uh, of themselves and of their, of their identities. Um, and I, I just want to throw that in there because it, it feels like that is sort of the subtext of so much of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. uh, was was Ch uh, Chella, Chella sort of the key uh, getting her on board for this? Was she the sort of the key element in terms of getting the sort of the, the trust of 
of all of the people that are involved in this film? I think this is Kate, and yeah, and Kate, I yeah. think you know, Chella founded the Ovarian Psychos, and when I first met Chella, it was clear, you know, this was sort of this was sort of her baby. Though the Ovas are a collective, and they actually operate by consensus, mm-hmm. and so you know, it was. It was certainly, in terms of making a film, she was certainly key for us because she she and her relationship with her daughter was so central to why the Ovas kind of were born. And and, and also Chella's a poet MC. She's a natural storyteller. And so she just had all of the elements that we needed in in the in a in a in a in a what we call you know in a protagonist mm-hmm. to tell this story of the Ovas. There would just be no film about the Ovas without Chella. So she she certainly was you know it was certainly important to work and build kind of an ongoing sense of trust between Joanna and I and and Michael the the art cinematographer. And Chella, and so you know, we filmed for four years, and our relationship with Chella is still very active through throughout the release of the film. You know, today we and and also the current ovarian psychos, which many of them are not even in the in the film. So you know, rapport and ongoing trust building has been really important in terms of the behind the scenes part of making this film. Well, well, Joanna, in setting up sort of the context for the film, um, and I. You aptly, I believe, in the film, you aptly go into the kind of the history of East Los Angeles. There's some great mm-hmm. archival footage in there. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious about the evolution of the film. I mean, you start out, you're going to focus on this particular group. Uh, how did mm-hmm. you sort of decide to spread out the the, the, the context for uh, Ovarian Psychos? Sure. Like most of the greatest parts of the film, it was really dictated by the Ovas themselves they're incredibly cognizant of their community that they come from, which is the birthplace of the Chicano and Chicana movement and the Chicano moratorium. And they're also really cognizant of their indigenous roots and indigenous understanding. I mean, one of the slogans of the group is that they do work with an indigenous hood understanding, which I think perfectly kind of describes where they're coming from, both like looking to the past and looking to their community today. And, um, we don't focus so much on the indigenous aspects in the film that it is visualized a lot with their ceremonies. But the, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the historical context in the film that's laid out so beautifully by Amelie Blackwell, who's interviewed, um, yeah. you know, really emerged from the Ovas naturally and their own understanding of their community and history and their place in it. You know, it is interesting to me. I mean, we're, we're, most Americans are very familiar with the progression of the african-american the black power movement the black panthers etc we we know it seems like we know a lot more and and yet for most americans beyond cesar chavez we don't know very much at all about that struggle um what do you uh kate what do you attribute that if you agree with what my what what i'm saying what do you attribute that to why do we know so little about uh, uh, Mexican American, Latin American hit uh, history within here in the United States and and its struggle for for equality. You, oh my God! Is that <laughs> is that too broad of a question? I mean, just is there? I just because we don't. I I'm politically pretty well versed, 
But beyond Cesar Chavez, I would be hard-pressed to tell you much about anything about this sort of struggle for yeah for rights for for equal rights and certainly they have struggled there's no doubt there has been a struggle for them you know i'm I'm not quite sure if i i know why but i do think it's 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 not you know the fact that you know folks are unaware about chicanx history chicano history Mm -hmm. chicana history um you know, folks are also unaware about large parts of the feminist movement and women of color and the role that they've played within these larger social movements. So I'm not I'm not sure if I'm the expert to explain yeah. why, but I do certainly understand that there are gaps in our understanding and gaps in our in our knowledge and groups like, you know, ovarian psychos and and the work that they do you know, really just call attention to those gaps. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they're so explicit about the importance of being a group of young women of color and yeah. organizing for and by women of color, I think that says just an, an enormous amount. And, yeah. and you know, when we look back at history and we look at the women's movement and we don't see stories about women of color and their participation or working class women, um, you know, it's a problem. And so I, I, you know, commend women like the ovarian psychos for really refusing to forget, yeah. you know, the women that came before them and really calling attention to the women that are making waves today. So I, I really see them as, as, I mean, they're making, they're making huge waves and are really doing a lot of important work. Uh, let me quickly remind our listeners that we're speaking with the co-directors of the film um, Ovarian Psychos a documentary that's screening at the Outfest here in Los Angeles starting tomorrow. The first screening is at 2.30 uh, p.m. at uh, at Red Cat, and that's uh, 631 West 2nd Street, Los Angeles. And it will be screening a week later, Saturday, July 16th at 1 p.m., same location. Um, and we're speaking with Joanna Sokolowski as well as Kate Turnbull-Laval, uh, the co-directors of the film Ovarian Psychos. I, I alluded to this early on, and Joanne, I'd like you to sort of address this. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's not it's not something that's uh, specific to uh, Latin uh, Latin Americans, but the idea of violence being directed towards women mm-hmm. uh, and and, uh, and, it, and sort of a denial of their identity. Uh, talk a little bit about that, because as I said, it, it feels like it's a subtext to to uh, this film. Um, talk about that, if you will. Sure. I mean, um, the film is set in East Los Angeles, and while we were filming, I, there were different women who were murdered. I mean, one of before we even began filming, there's a woman called named Brianna de Guzman who the Ovarian Psychos organized a ride around, and it was something that me and Kate um, really responded to when we read about it was just how the Ovarian Psychos were able to draw attention to and really create a buzz and a news around this event. And it really kind of like focused our interest around the work that they were doing. Um, it's not the only thing that the ovarian psychos do is call attention to this type of gendered violence, but it's something that's undeniable. It punctuated throughout our entire production. Even while we were editing, two other women were found murdered in East Los Angeles. And I think it's just something that, 
they're constantly interfacing with. Like I said, it's not the only thing that the work that they're doing is attempting to address, but it's something that is undeniable. It's something that's frightening. It's something that's real. And I, we couldn't ignore it in the film. Well, Chella seems to be struggling with a past that includes violence and other things within her family. So I, I just, it, it just feels, and, and even gives an even kind of a greater context and an appreciation of her uh, throughout the course of this uh-huh. film. It, it really, she does feel like a very strong woman who has a, a strong sense of herself and what she wants, not only for herself, but for her young daughter as well. Uh-huh. And, I, and I do like in the film, Yoli, her daughter, is one <laughs> of the fir- first, people, first people that we see featured in the film. And then... The film sort of wraps up with her at the end. I thought it was a nice kind of an arc to the to the story in, in within uh, Ovarian Psychos. There are a lot of nice stories in this film. A lot of very interesting people. Um, we always sort of talk about Yoli as the, she's sort of the heartbeat of the film because she's really, you know, the heartbeat of the work that Chella does, and so she she, she was a really wonderful this like when we when we met her she we just knew you know her relationship with her mom cellas was so special and, and incredible she seems like such a bright presence to be honest with you just watching yeah. her mm-hmm. film she really seems to come across as someone who is you know she's going to carve out her, her life and and she's going to do what she wants to do it's a, it's a it's a Absolutely. Ni- it's a nice story behind it well i would also just while i've um call attention for people who are interested in finding out more about the ovarian psychos they have a website as you and i'll spell it out because psychos is not the traditional spelling here so o-v-a-r-i-a-n-p-s-y-c-o-s dot com so ovarian psychos um there's no usually there's an h in there somewhere but it's not in that so and you can go online to find mm-hmm. out more i think if you put in a search for it you it will come up uh no matter mm-hmm. how you spell it um, what now the audience, uh, I mean, the, the film premiered at South by Southwest. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> and it's Thank also, you. it's also premiered on an international, uh, level at the hot docs, Canadian international film festival, two of the premier film festivals in the world, to be honest. Uh, and, uh, my goodness, um, Kate, <laughs> what was that like? What was, what did it feel like to be <laughs> at South by Southwest and then also at hot dogs, uh, the Canadian uh, film festival? I mean, this is our first, this is the first film that Joanna and I have made, feature film that Joanna and I have made. Yeah. So, you know, when we started out, we always thought like, oh, are we going to finish? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we, <laughs> you know, it's just, you hope, you hope that you get the funds and you hope that you get the story and you hope that it works out. So this whole process has been, uh, you know, as emerging filmmakers, new filmmakers on the scene and not, you know, I mean, it's just been a dream. It, you know, South by Southwest was an incredible platform. It was also really an interesting platform because a lot of the work that the ovarian psychos are doing today is around the issues of gentrification. Mm-hmm. South by Southwest has been openly criticized for its um, gentrification of East Austin. So Chella, when she came out, you know, she used it as a platform to talk to the audience during Q&As about gentrification, which was incredible. So, you know, it's been, it's been 
really an interesting ride to premiere there. And then Hot Socks was also really exciting. It was such a wonderful festival to attend. So we're just over the moon at the fact that we got in. <laughs> and Joanna, we I think you alluded mm-hmm. to it earlier uh, about now it's screening in Los Angeles and this is your home. Um, so obviously I that must feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's Kate and I's home, but it's also the home of the Ovarian Psychos. Yes, and this will yeah. be one of the first times we'll be able to film or to be able to screen the film with all of the Elvis past and present and also everybody who appears in the film and a lot of the folks just from the community who are able to, who appeared in the film, who helped us out, who mm-hmm. talked to us, who were just around while we were filming. So I think it'll be a really special homecoming. And we're also planning a community screening in collaboration with the current Ovarian Psychos Core Collective that's going to be taking place at the end of the month that we're going to be announcing soon on our Facebook. So we're just really thrilled to finally have the film in L.A. Well, let us know. Now, the the Facebook page is? Okay, it's uh, facebook.com backslash The Ovarian Psychos Documentary. There you go. The Ovarian Psychos documentary on Facebook. <laughs> sorry to mean to put yes. you on the spot. Uh, and so... <laughs> I can never remember if it's a movie or documentary, sorry. <laughs> well, it is a terrific film, and um, congratulations to both of you for your work. Uh, you have a joint website. Is it Francis? Mm-hmm. Help, help me out. Francis, Sylvia, your, your mom's Sylvia name. Francis S- Films. Yeah. Sylvia Francis Films. So Sylvia yes. Francis and F-R-A-N-C. CES, right? Yes. Yeah. Friends, yes. So, so you have the, that as, as well as uh, people are interested. Uh, the, there's a I, ITVS.org is also the distributor for, for the film as well. So they have. Yeah. So our, our film will be on Independent Lens next year, which we're really thrilled about. Um, we were funded uh, by ITVS. And so we're, you know, it's so exciting to be able to be in festivals and do community screenings this year with a with a public broadcast next year. Fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you finding time to to join me today. The the, once again, co-directors of Ovarian Psychos, Joanna Sokolowski, as well as Kate Turnbull Laval, uh, co-directors of the film Ovarian Psychos playing at Outfest here in Los Angeles uh, tomorrow at 2.30 at uh, Red Cat, and as well as next Saturday, July 16th at 1 p.m. And don't forget that you have the post-party, uh, post-screening party uh, tomorrow after the 2.30 screening. And you're, all, you're both there for Q&As for both of those screenings. Yes. And you're going to have a great time at the post-screening party. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, all the best. Uh, I assume you've got some other projects in the works, and you know, I hope you'll find some time to come back and join me again next time. You do. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you so much, Joanna. Thank you, to Kate, for, for being here. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.